Hello and welcome to the Bravo Outsider Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Midwinter, and joining me from the luggage compartment of the Sprinter Van is Mumbles Dylan Ferguson. How's it going? (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) Just had to get a hairball out there, but yeah, doing fine. (laughs) Awesome. Each week we bring on someone who doesn't follow Bravo to get their takes on the episode. This week I'm very excited to have the very funny and very handsome Ben Old Ball Coach Walker. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for uh, having me. Excited. You're not seeing double, you're seeing trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's, who's is that? Uh, that is Teresa and Nicole. Napa, oh, okay. Napa Latino or Napa, Napa Latino. Oh, okay. Um, oh, 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 sorry, did you not hear me? I said, I'm not getting older. I'm getting bolder. Really, really yeah. stoked to have you on the show, Ben. Uh, do you well, want to give our listeners a little bit of a background on any sort of reality TV that you currently follow or um, have past experience with? Uh, yeah, not to age myself here, but I did, uh, start watching the, the original survivor, uh, oh, yeah. you know, back in the two, you know, 2000 when it was, you know, the global phenomenon. And then I started work, you know, some, some of my coworkers started watching the bachelor. So I, I dove into that. So I was a big uh, bachelor head for, uh, you know, oh, part of the, bachelor so, yeah, the bachelor nation, you know, for, for, you know, when it was real, no, I know I mean it's all real, but it was, uh, you know, I watched Bachelor for, you know, probably 12, 12 seasons or so. And I think Hard Knocks, if that counts, Detroit oh, Lions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think The yeah. Bachelor is a pretty interesting example of a show that blends the competition style with this kind of narrative. Uh, I watched The Bachelor for a few seasons. I kind of fell off. It, takes itself a little bit more seriously than I think it needs to. Uh, there's there's still this idea of a like that they're trying to create this beautiful love story at the end, which yeah. doesn't really hit. I love the like the tension and the the villains that you get in the early parts of The Bachelor, but then once they start narrowing them off, it it just falls really flat because um, I don't think that anyone really buys into this love story that they're trying to sell, uh, but they're still so committed to it. I feel like the only motivation that I had for watching the bachelor by the time that I stopped following it was so that I had the background on the characters that would come on to bachelor in paradise, which is a lot more fun and um, it doesn't, it doesn't take itself seriously in the same way. Um, but yeah, the bachelor is definitely one of the most popular reality TV shows yeah. right now for sure. And I think that's a good segue into the roundtable discussion that we wanted to have today. I wanted to talk about the idea of authenticity within reality TV, because I think in reality TV, there's varying degrees of authenticity from show to show and moment to moment, uh, I wanted to get your guys's perspective on the idea of authenticity. Dylan, did you want to lead us off on your thoughts? 
yeah, sure. I, I mean, I think it's like the idea of authenticity can help like people really enjoy the shows, but it's been a, a big sticking point for a lot of people uh, getting into the shows, like just based on the conversations we've had with people that we've tried to introduce to reality TV uh, through this show, which is kind of our bit. Uh, it's, it's like the word reality often seems to be kind of a, a hurdle for people because when they start watching the show and it has like often like pretty good production values, like, you know, good lighting, uh, you know, camera setups, uh, people are well mic'd up and things. Uh, it, it doesn't aesthetically hit like a documentary. Right. So the fact that like things are being planned and prepared and like really set up uh, kind of makes uh, people feel like, oh, this isn't like this is fake then you yeah. know and it, it has it's yeah. supposed to be reality tv and it has that word reality in it and that that production value is like scream fake fiction and uh yeah. and that like uh that like tension between what like what we consider to be like just a fake stage thing and what we consider to be like a real document is um something that's interesting in the shows but it's also like uh difficult for people to uh for some people anyways to like get into because we're used to everything being presented to us uh you know what in terms of tv or movie as either documentary or fiction um which i mean like i don't know like uh, it's, it's very like intro to film to be like those are like real categories in the sense that it's not like nothing is either in one box or another like every film every fiction film is going to have certain elements that are not planned for that just ended up in the in it uh even like the most high budget production is going to have yeah. you know whether it's people ad-libbing or like things that happen in the background or expressions that cross people's faces that are not totally planned for nothing is totally planned for and of course every documentary is a production where choices are being made and things are being presented in a certain way uh, but you know we're used to everything being aesthetically like boxed in one way or another and reality tv is kind of like landing somewhere in the middle so if you're expecting pure documentary, you're like, well, these aren't like documentary mm -hmm. aesthetics. Yeah. It doesn't feel like somebody just walked into a room with a handheld camera and is like randomly catching things, which is what you associate with like authenticity uh, visually. Um, but then if you like were watching it as like a scripted show, people are going to be like way more, co way less coherent than they would be uh, right. if it was like a scripted thing. So then it doesn't really read that way either so uh it kind of lands somewhere in the middle and i think that's uh that's something that allows uh moments that that do feel more authentic to come through because having like a contrast between like a high production value and somebody saying something that maybe they didn't plan to say they didn't think they were going to say can kind of like um can kind of set it off a little bit more and have those like spikes of authenticity but um but yeah i think it's important to keep in mind anyways that like the idea of what's authentic and what isn't is often just like pure aesthetic choices. And it's kind of like a made up thing. Yeah. And I, I think that this like idea of reality, like the word reality kind of makes people feel as though there should not be a storyteller. There should, mm -hmm. there should not be someone that is, um, that is crafting a narrative throughout these shows, even though that's something that we see in documentary, like documentarians have a clear perspective. They're definite like storytellers, but in, in reality TV, I feel like a lot of the, um, the notions that people have of it is that 
it's not going to be narratively strong. But in actuality, I think that the the narrative is the strength of of these shows, and the the characters have um, more depth and higher actual stakes than you could ever have a, a fictional actor like buy into. You can't you can't you can't have someone. Um, you know, an actor is not going to necessarily be worried about being canceled for something that they are saying in a script because they know how this plays out and people know that this is, you know, that it is fiction. But here it's it's reality. These are real people that ha- are motivated by real um, uh, by real motivations and they've got actual stakes in the game. So. I think that even if there are situations that are constructed by production and there is a um, there is this um, there is a story that is is being told that is crafted by producers and editors, it still is authentically people that have motivations that they have to think about and be concerned with. And um, it's it's something that you you can't truly control actual people in the same way that you can a fictional character. Yeah. Sorry, can you, re- can you, re- can you repeat that, Craig? Sorry. Can you re- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, ben, what, are you, what are your thoughts on uh, authenticity? No, like I, I took it, you know, some of the similar ways you guys did. I took it another way when it came, you know, just the segue where you said Craig was about, uh, like, not actors, you know, um, you know, yes, there might be a script, but I think re- the word reality TV is kind of evolved, right? Because, you know, when I first hear reality TV, unscripted, right? That's so, but I guess reality TV sounds better than, hey, come check out this unscripted TV show. I don't want to watch this, but it's almost like now you can't call reality TV unscripted because, as Craig just mentioned, and even in the, even in the, you know, the episodes, you know, we, you know, the, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta and the, and the, Actually, pretty much just that one. Um, you actually saw a producer in one of the shots, basically like, hey, yeah. almost like guiding you want to go there. So it's like, and you know, if you watch enough of these, you know that, okay, obviously the producers are probably encouraging them, you know, behind the scenes to do this. It's rare you see a producer, you know, on camera, but I guess we're this, we're this deep into the reality TV and now it's like, yeah, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. We can just have the producers on, you know, on air just because we all know. Yeah. And then when I... So, but you're right. So, uh, so to me, when I thought about authenticity, it was when a lot of these, you think I was going way back when I said Survivor 2000, I'm going back to re, you know, the first real world, for example, right? Yeah. Each character was authentic. It was new. And that was actually, you know, sort of like those that you about like, you know, not really documentary, but it kind of, you know, it's not really documentary, but it kind of had the vibe of a documentary in a sense, right? right? Because all the people in the house, what's happening. So each, you know, and I can't remember all the characters' names, but there's one, just a character, there's one um, house guest, you know, Puck, right? And I can't remember, if you remember him, you know, remember in 1994? Uh, so Puck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I guess, I don't know if he was uh, like a shit disturber or, or what have you, right? But he was kind of, you know, the villain, you know, the, you know he was like a villain if you, if you want, right? But that was completely authentic, right? That was just him, right? So as each season evolved, oh, who's going to be this year's, 
who's going to be puck. So then it kind of came less, when I think authentic, it was less authentic because someone is trying to be that previous, you know, authentic mm-hmm. person, right? So it was, you know, who's going to be, you know, who's going to be this year's villain? But it was, I like, you know, I like when there's like, oh, this person is just an authentic villain. Sometimes with The Bachelor, oh, this person is just, I love it because this is who they are, right? They're not putting on a yeah. show. And now, it's, so with The Bachelor, for example, you know, Bachelor in Paradise, which I do agree is, is kind of better because it seems it's more relaxed and it's more, uh, it's almost like it's, easy, it's also they're easier to find love on Bachelor in Paradise. Because now on The Bachelor, the whole goal is, okay, I got to make it to the top four, you know, it's rare that someone just outwardly plays the villain, right? Now it's now it's like okay, I got to get it far enough so I can get uh, some sponsorships, right? So I can get some Instagram followers. Yeah. And then I get a Bachelor in Paradise, and now I'm set with Bachelor Nation, get some appearances. So it's kind of that's like a job now, right? So you find it's, it's less authentic. Like back in the in the in the old days, it was just like it was like old days, but you know, earlier seasons, there was like Vienna and Jake. Okay, Jake is a, is a tool. Vienna is nuts. Yes. Can't wait for them to get together. That's who they are, right? But now yeah. I find it, you know, <laughs> the authenticity is, is is kind of being, you know, it's, it's it's more lost. But with the Real Housewives, for example, yeah, it's kind of true. But then that is kind of more. I think is, you know, they are real people. You know, they are real people. It's not, it's not a it's not a competition, right? Like I know they're kind of yeah. getting paid, but it is more uh, <laughs> authentic, I, I would say. So yeah, I just find that with authenticity in these reality shows or unscripted, yeah. It's, the first couple of seasons, that's when you really see the, the authenticity, like, you know, the, the real people. But then after a while, people just try and, you know, it's just like anything else, right? It's derivative. So everybody just tries to, oh, I'm going to be this year. I'm going to be this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But look up Puck. I can't remember. Don't get right into the deep dive. No, because I read something about this. And it's just as soon as, you, as soon as that was one of the, the things, authenticity, that's immediately what I, what I thought of. And how just, you know, after a while, that's why real world, you know, what happened. Um, that people just stop being themselves and it's just they're playing a previous real person. Yeah. I think it's interesting how, you know, real people inform and shape and modify these archetypes that are archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. That are so prevalent within reality. Cause like you said, you'll have these people in the early days of reality TV that became like, the, the prototypes for these these archetypes that you see in reality TV. And then each show kind of crafts their own versions of these. Like you said, in The Bachelor, you've got uh, a villain that there's always some sort of villain that is in the uh, sort of the Greek chorus of uh, contestants that are vying for, for love. Um, and that kind of shifts and people take it and put their own spin on it and it builds and changes. And mm-hmm. I think that that is one thing that is really interesting about reality TV because yes, these archetypes, if someone is trying to, you know, fit into them, that does kind of dull the edge of authenticity on these. Uh, but at the same time, I think if someone is, I think the producers are good enough at their job that they're able to identify when someone is, you know, bringing something to these archetypes that comes from themselves are and and they are able to like coach that out of them. So I, I think that it is an interesting balance that um, people on reality shows have to walk if they want to be successful by fitting into these these 
archetypes if that's what they're going for and uh and being authentic to the their true selves mm-hmm. uh, did you guys have any other thoughts on authenticity before we move on well just jumping on that idea of like which personalities come off as more authentic on camera i really think that uh there too it's important to keep in mind that like authenticity is always going to be a performance like it's always going to be a way that you have of presenting yourself that reads as authentic uh and i think that there's a distinction that can be made between that and something that actually like feels very real um it might sound like splitting hairs but like if you if you try to think of like what's the ideal of like an authentic performance you know whether it's Bob Dylan singing a song or like Marlon Brando in a streetcar named desire or something like if you think those guys didn't put tons of like thought and effort into constructing that personality, I think you're, you're wrong. Like that's like, right. it, it takes so much uh, work and thought and like theory to like, to build that kind of authenticity. And I think in terms of reality TV, um, the issue is that for most human beings, if you've got, a bunch of cameras pointed at you and you're mic'd up, you're barely going to be able to be coherent. That's just the reality for most people. Like yeah. the one most, and I think it's important not to lose sight of the fact that most of the people who are watching on these shows are people who are just really good at what they do because they've been selected for this group. And, right. Um, you know, uh, just like we were doing a show yesterday, being Craig about, uh, about uh, Vanderpump Rules, a show we talk about a lot. And, you know, I was talking about how uh, Raquel is, like, kind of really bad on camera, especially when she's being confronted. That's, you know, one of the characters in the show who is, like, just, like, is is bad at uh, being coherent and speaking communitively. And, like... That's real, though. (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing. That's the thing. Most people are going to be like that when you have a camera stuck in your face. That's normal. That's just human. Uh, But uh, because most people are going to be like that, they're not going to be able to express who they are. They're not going to be able to really express what they think because they're going to freeze up. They're going to trip over their words because it's hard to do that when you've got a fucking camera pointed at you. So the people who are best able to express themselves and are best able to come off as being authentic because they can actually like relax, ignore the camera, uh, find the right words to say like how they think those are the most practiced performers. Yeah. So th- that's kind of the point I'm trying to make about like how like the, the people who come off as most authentic are the ones who are doing the most performance. And, yeah. um, Oh, they're and, good at keeping think, it together. Yeah. Like they, yeah, they're, it's, a, it's a skill. Like it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think that that kind of character trait also lends itself well to these dramatic reality shows because you know people that are practiced at putting up a a front end um and being really good at you know presenting this image of themselves that they want to communicate i think like there's a certain like duplicity duplicitiveness to uh to that you know if someone is walking around and just only putting out there the kind of image of themselves that they want others to perceive, then, you know, they'll probably be very good on this, but you know, that also speaks a little bit to their character, unless they've done a lot of training to get to that point. Yeah. So I didn't mean to cut you off, Dylan. I was just, I just get so passionate about authenticity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a big, big passion of mine. No, but it's, 
to me, when I was like watching this, that was the tagline. So I was kind of like thinking about authenticity when I was watching these two episodes. And I just find it amazing how, you know, like you said, like if I had cameras in my face and maybe you just get used to it or like anything else, like it just becomes part of the norm, yeah. you know, like wearing a mask, you know, not to bring about COVID, but just that, what seemed crazy, you know, it seemed it was wild became normal, right? Yeah. But you have like a, you have a pat, you have a microphone pack on your back, you know, you have strangers in your house. Who's this? Like, oh, this is a new cameraman. Like, I've never seen this guy before. I'm, yeah. I'm displaying my bare emotions. Like, oh, this is a new guy. I don't recognize him. Like, are you? Are you a sub? Like, yeah, it's just so there's all those other elements. I guess maybe you just got you so used to it. I just find it amazing how, like, if I was that was me, I'd be just looking at the, you know, how, when do you stop looking at the camera, right? Like, how do you just for like when do you forget that everything is around you? Like, how do you, yeah, perform, right? Or maybe you don't. Like, that one about I mean, I haven't seen the, I've heard of Lisa Vanderpump. Don't get me wrong, I've heard of the Vanderpump. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, but I want you know, if a camera's right here in your face, like. Producer, you've heard some horrible news, and it's like, okay, like you're on. Uh, I'm like, ah, uh, uh, yeah, you start I'm getting totally emotional crazy. if somebody's adjusting yeah. focus on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, produce another. Okay, now, now hit him with this. Hit him with another low blow. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, they're they're they're, they're really let's really get her let's really get her going. You know. Yeah, it's interesting because you know, like we don't see it, but obviously there are certain things that you have to do when you're producing a, a show and you're shooting these scenarios. Like, obviously, there's at some point, you know, they're going to have to have someone holding up a card to, like, white balance the the cameras on when they're shooting in different scenarios. So, you know, it's it's not, um, you know, it the the production is going to obviously be on someone's like front of mind when they are in these these scenarios and and operating as a character on reality TV. So to be able to get past that is definitely a, a hurdle that people would have to get over. Yeah. Mm. And maybe just, maybe we would, uh, maybe we think we could, I'm sure we all could, like if we had cameras in our face right now, because I'm sure you guys have done, you know, many episodes. I'm sure you wouldn't even notice it after a while. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For and sure. Let's, so, let's, let's, let's producers and Craig's you know, all right, hit him with this one. Right. And then, <laughs> yeah. The meltdown, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I do think most people have a lot har- uh, harder of a time with that than we we tend to think they do. Yeah, like like I think uh, you know, it, like you said, like us, we I think we all of us have done like some level of performance. I know you've done a lot of performance, uh, Ben. So it's like you, you're you're probably better at doing that than you're the average person would be, right? I think. Oh, you think so, person. Craig? Craig? <laughs> Craig and CBI? Yeah, you. Yeah, you, Craig and CBI. It's uh, no, I'm not. I'm horrible. Yeah. 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 But also, like, like when I like, like reading about film, often I think people will interpret uh, like something as improvised when it's completely planned and scripted, and will interpret something as planned and scripted when it's improvised. Like people right. tend to be bad at reading uh, what is actually like an off the cuff moment versus what is a planned moment. It just doesn't always look the way you would think it would. So I guess oh, that's, that's a great, of, you know, that's a great point because in comedy, that's no, that's I just like yeah. In comedy, so you can have an off-the-cuff moment, right? It was a wedding joke with uh, a former comedian, you know, John B. Duff, R.I.P., where, you know, you have this one, he had this one off-the-cuff thing. Oh, like he said something and it came out wrong. He's like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. And it was authentic. You know what I mean? That kind of trope. Oh, did I, say, did I say that? And it was legitimate the first time, right? He made a, you know, a word slip up. And then it got a laugh. It's like, oh, I'm going to incorporate that into my, into my act. And then yeah. became acting, right? This right, off the cuff right. thing with acting, and then 
so he'd say it, and then it's like, da da da. Oh, did I say that? Like it just seemed it was so <laughs> forced and so inauthentic. You know, it was so forced, and like we could just say it was a running joke, so we could just tell, like, oh, here it comes, and then because it, it just it, the, the beats were all off, right? It was just like it felt so. Okay. Oh, did I? Yeah, like, and this happened. Oh, did it? I didn't have. It. You know, it just seemed so forced, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. As opposed to the first time when it was like a legitimate reaction, and it was like, yeah, you're right. So it's what seemed like it was uh, acting was actually off the cuff and the off the cuff part was like, okay, man, this is the worst acting job we've ever seen. You know, but uh, did, did anyway, you any... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys have any final Actually. thoughts on authenticity before we, yeah, and, 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 and scene. Thank you. I don't want to get hung up on this too long, but I, I do have a lot of thoughts. Just like really quickly before wrapping up, yeah. I just also like, uh, want to say that I think uh, that um, if like in a lot of these reality TV shows now, they don't really make it a point to hide the fact that there are cameras and lights and people wearing mics right. and stuff. It's not like uh, it's not Good as point. if anybody was ever like a, a child with no object permits who didn't realize that, oh my God, they're actually being filmed. This isn't just being right, transmitted yeah. right into my room. Like, I just think that that, if that feels like a transgression of the form, it's just because we're used to documentary, like, like pretending that, uh, uh, that there aren't cameras there, even though like the doc- classic documentary techniques like talking heads and voiceover and like handheld cameras are like ways that in enforce uh, the the idea that we're watching like a document that there are people holding the cameras that uh, that and I just think that like well even though we tend to read that as like breaking through the reality of the moment it's it's we read that just because we're used to a certain like aesthetic language. Like it's not like, it's not like because something has a voiceover or because this talking head interview has like a static camera. And after somebody stops talking, you let the, you let the shot linger on them for a few seconds where they look a little bit awkwardly, which is the documentary technique that annoys me the most as if, you (laughs) you know what I mean? Like somebody will say like, Oh yeah, I think that's true. And then they'll leave the shot linger a few seconds. And the audience is supposed to be like, Oh my God, they're looking around the room. They're uncomfortable. They're nervous. You know, all these techniques are such like techniques uh, they're, that are just like really manipulating everything that's being presented to us. But that's normal. Everything we're going to see is presented to us. And I just, I just think that um, if reality TV has kind of more and more forsaken the idea of imitating the documentary language and uh, using like more of a, uh, a polished um, dramatic fiction language, uh, like visual language uh, in terms of, you know, the way that they move the cameras on tracks and like have like, like bright lighting and stuff and montages between scenes. I think that's really to the farm's benefit be- just because it allows little moments that feel sublime when somebody says something that feels like, like, Oh my God, I just like saw a part of them that I never seen before. Uh, it, it just stands out that much more when it's not against this backdrop that, uh, this aesthetic backdrop that seems designed to try to convince you uh, phonally, in my opinion, that everything you're seeing is like total truth from start to finish the way that documentaries try to like kind of pa- cast that spell over you and being like, right. you know, these are the techniques that make you comfortable with the idea of thinking that everything is true. If that makes any sense. I don't yeah, no, for sure. And mm-hmm. it's interesting. I think that like any language, the aesthetic language of reality TV is constantly evolving like we are yeah. seeing it does like you said have roots within docu documentary but we see things creep into the language more recently like um 
you mentioned the sort of the putting the mic packs on and the various elements of production that kind of creep in. But I think one of the big ones within uh, Real Housewives is we see the the glam squads coming in and getting them like dressed up, putting on the makeup, getting the getting dressed and everything creep into the show. And now that's just something that you expect to see. We don't mm-hmm. just see them in the like fully dressed up in the when they're going out for dinner on a on a group trip or whatever. We see the process of them getting ready for that as as part of what we expect to see during these moments. So I think that's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I do want us. We've got a lot of great stuff to talk about tonight. Yeah, for and sure. so I do want to move on a little bit. We're going to be covering Real Housewives of New Jersey and Real Housewives of Atlanta. New Jersey was the reunion, uh, and Atlanta was a great episode. Ben, which of these episodes was most compelling to you? Uh, well, Real House—I mean, they were both uh, compelling because I've never seen uh, either one. I've heard of a couple of the. Well, I've heard of one person uh, for Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, I learned how to pronounce her last name. Judice, not uh, Guiducci, or yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, Teresa. Um, but I liked, uh, I should say, I liked uh, the most compelling one was the uh, Real Housewives of uh, Atlanta. For oh, me. yeah, well, let's yeah. start, let's start with the Atlanta. What were your first impressions of the, the characters on it? Okay, so. I like, I mean, I like them all. Uh, no, I like, uh, I thought Kenya was, I, I, you know, I, I like Kenya's vibe. You know, I thought she was the most authentic. I thought she, you know, didn't take herself too seriously. Uh, she had a, she, she, she owns a hair studio. You know, she was okay with like, you know. Kenya more making, hair care. Yeah, yeah Kenya more <laughs> hair care, the marching band. You know, she was never with her business. So at the beginning of the episode, she seemed, you know, pretty, you know, pretty chill. Um and then I saw who, um, sorry, let me look at my notes. Yeah, the marching band, like in a hair salon. Uh, the Sonia, I thought was uh, pretty fun. not funny, funny, but she seemed like she'd, uh, for so Kenya seemed authentic. Was she Miss, Miss Universe or Miss Canada? Or not Miss Canada, Miss uh, uh, She was America? Miss USA, I think. Okay. Yeah, because I saw the later episode. Yeah. And then Sonia, I thought was funny. She had her like, mom working for her. Her sister, her brother-in-law, who, <laughs> yeah, her brother-in-law Ty- Tyrell was just hilarious. He's like, all right, yeah. By the end of the episode, he's just like, all right, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm not working for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> because I, because at the beginning, yeah, at the beginning of the episode, uh, yeah, because Sonia, Sherry, Sharon, the dad was great too. I like Archie and his fake offer to help. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll help. I'll help. You don't even know how to send an email. He's like, yeah. All right. Yeah. He's like, hey, I offer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ready, yeah. willing, and able. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks for that empty gesture. Yeah. yeah I love it. You know you're not going to do anything. Yeah. But, yeah. But, just, but it was funny because Tyrell, I hire. I hired. You know. Uh, so yeah, Sonia hired Tyrell as the as her assistant, and just briefly when they're sitting around the kitchen table. And she's like going to through her notes. I was like, man, you gave him a lot of tasks, like for one day. It just seemed it was it was, it was a lot. It just seemed, you know, uh, again, I don't know if it was acting. You know, I don't think it was acting or not, but feeling like she'd be uh, difficult to work for. Uh, Marlo, uh, I thought was was great. Uh, I guess she had a, a charge about twenty years ago. 
Yeah, yeah she and, stabbed she, someone apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm really hoping she gets her right to bear arms back. I mean, that was big. I was kind of hoping, you know, we get by the end of the episode, we should, you know, get her record expunged and uh, right to bear arms. Yeah, this was, was really interesting to me. This was, I think, the biggest note that I had because the last episode we saw that she was really worked up about mm-hmm. about gun violence. And this episode, she's trying to get her record expunged so that she yeah. can get a gun. Yeah, but it's yeah. like it's, it's without reason. Like, we see that right. she had, like, a break-in at her house. Like, yeah, yeah, there were four so people. Just... <laughs> and they're shooting at a Candy's restaurant. So, I mean... But the yeah, way they were Candy, talking about... The culture at Candy's restaurant is, is the problem. Yeah. Not <laughs> introducing more guns into yeah. the world. But it was funny to me, not funny, but it was just Marlo when she's talking about, they're talking about the, you know, the, the passing of the, the worker from Candy's restaurant. But she's like a skeleton costume, you know, like a Halloween shoot. Like you couldn't have this conversation without being in full <laughs> costume. We're having this like serious conversation, but dressed in a, <laughs> can't interrupt this like Halloween, hey, it's my annual Halloween photo shoot. Like nothing, nothing, you know, this is, this is number one priority, but yeah. So that yeah was, uh, just going to have this very serious discussion dressed as Phoebe <laughs> Bridges. Yeah well, I, well, yeah. well, I have face paint on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's, uh, yeah. So, and then there was Sherry, I think was trying to have uh, a baby. I like Sherry's trying to have a baby. Oh, Sheree. Yeah. Or Sheree. Sorry. Yeah. And then, um, and then, yeah, there, it was, it was good. Like the, it was funny that Kenya, you know, inviting the whole crew. Hey, we're going to Birmingham for some like black tie event. <laughs> like some, <laughs> it was like it was like a Winnipeg like pub, you know. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. You yeah, know, Marlo dressed. called it though. Marlo called it yeah. in the ad. She's like, I'm not going to be worried about what I'm dressed. It's yeah. Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah that, I noticed that too. That's very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was really funny. Birmingham. Yeah. And they get there. And the funniest to me is like they're all dressed up, and they're like one of the bartenders, you know, some, you know. And like you know, white girl, whatever, just wearing like a red T-shirt, like from the bar. You know, they're all like dressed up. Oh, you're this might as well be like a Montana, right? It's like a Montana yeah. now, you know, employee. Yeah, yeah, it was really. It was. I thought that was really funny. And then, uh, yeah, and then Kenya. Yeah, and then I guess there was. Yeah, uh, I didn't know. And then the houses themselves. I mean, one of the things with the houses, like they're ri- like they're nice, right? They're they're rich. Yeah, but for me, like they're big mansions. Like. Like, where's the water slide in the house, you know? I want to see, you know, the extravagance, <laughs> the opulence, right? Because all the houses kind of seem, they're very nice houses. Like, they'll have more wealth than I'll ever have, right? Unless yeah. the podcast episode makes it big, fellas. Unless, you yeah. know, somehow <laughs> those sponsorships roll in. But yeah, so they're nice. But yeah, but there's, you know, there's no gaudiness, right? Everything's too, like, it sounds like, you know, cookie cutter, uh, right. opulent, cookie cutter opulence, right? Yeah, where's the gold-plated double staircase? Where's yeah, the yeah, yeah. ostriches and hippopotamuses? <laughs> yeah, where's the, like, where's give the, some where's, weird shit. Yeah, give me some weird <laughs> shit. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the yeah, I know it was all. Uh, yeah, it was good. I, I, you know, Marlo was yeah. Mar, I like Mar. I like Marlo. Yeah, like, Birmingham. Like I don't give a shit. And then you know, even at lunchtime, you say, "Oh, maybe I'll just talk to myself then." And then you know, and then you know, came to like. Uh, oh, you can't talk over me, and it's, or it was a Bryce or Marlo. We're like, who are you that I can't talk over you? I'm like, yeah, Marlo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't. What you guys think? Like, what? Uh, like for the progression of the season? Because that's my first episode in, so I can see. You know, seems like there's frenemies, and then, and it's also a TV show, so it's. Uh, oh, actually, last thing before I, 
I like the limo, like I like the the Mercedes like limo rides. You got like the four main ones, that, you know, they're all piling up. Yeah. It's so funny to see the two people. Like, why are you sitting together right behind them? There's like more seats on the other side of the big <laughs> Mercedes like van. Like you can why are those two women like I think it's Monietta, like, they're just sitting like the two extra they're just kinda hanging on to the bag. It's like, no, it's spread out. You know, it just looks like you're hey, don't forget it's like, hey, don't forget about us. You know, kind yeah, of the, vibe. Ca- <laughs> the camera crew's gotta be somewhere, right? That's yeah. all that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, that's true. I'm just a rookie. You're right. Good call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, yeah, yeah Dylan, what, what were your highlights? Um, I mean, I would like to just quickly circle back to Sonia and her family because I thought her family was yeah. so mean to her. I, I, I thought they're being mean to her. She she's giving them jobs. They're living in her house, and then she's like, "Well, you know, we were thinking that maybe we kind of want me and my my husband maybe want to you know have our own place." And her sister is like, "Wow, okay, I'm not saying she's self centered, but she's selfish." Yeah. and I'm like, "Come on, like, what are you talking about? She's like, you know, you're you're living in her place. Like, I mean, at the same time, like, I guess that." I know that like expectations for family is like very cultural too. Like we get this right. a lot of that in New Jersey with like the Italian families always telling us about like how, you know, Italian families always do things this way. And, you know, she's got a Jamaican family. I, I know that like, like family things are always very like culturally specific. So I don't know what the expectations are, I guess, maybe from like a normal Jamaican family perspective, uh, Sonia's doing something that's like inappropriate. But for me, I'm just kind of like, it's, you know, she's like providing this whole economy that you're living in and this house, like maybe let her do what she wants to do. I don't know. I, I thought she was really mean to her to, to like call her, self-centered on camera and then like walk out of their meeting yeah and then not show up at the photo shoot yeah <laughs> uh they were sick craig you know they were sick <laughs> they had a doctor there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talking in that episode yeah yeah there's a lot of illness and, and you hear and sadia says something like you know yeah what are they gonna do talk to hr i am hr uh, yeah, she yeah. Says it, you can kind of see her like realizing like oh maybe this isn't a good idea yeah maybe this is why they're not here yeah everybody's yeah. just gonna complain to me all the time which is what they're doing already <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I thought that this I, I thought that her family seemed like they were overstepping as well because you know sh- she says you know it's been a year and we're kind of thinking that maybe you should move out and then her mom and sister are like well we said a year or two well yeah that's still it's still been a year and we're yeah. assessing at a year that's still within you know the window that we initially yeah. said. I mean, Sonia was being like very like defensive and apologetic. I was kind of thinking like, no, you stand your ground. You're right. To, you you have that right. I mean, this yeah. is this is your place. Like you have that right. But I don't know. Maybe like I said, it's it's family stuff, so that's going to be like very thorny, anyways. But that's also why I thought she was she's from the start. Like this situation is like rife for cr- conflict because you've got all your family living under one roof and they're all working for you. Like, yeah, Christ, that sounds that sounds terrible to me. Oh, it yeah. does. I mean, it's no one straining my relationship with my sister. It's like, well, yeah, well, obviously, like, her husband is working for you. Like, it, it was just a weird yeah. situation. But you're right. It is family dynamic. So, for me, just coming in, yeah, I didn't I didn't take it to, oh, she's, you know, yeah, I took, oh, she's being mean. But you're right. I do agree. Like, you guys all live in her house. Like, and it's also family, too. So, I think, you know, whatever, like, however they act towards each other, it's just, you know, is it really... Like, oh, I'm walking out of here forever. No, you're not. You know, yeah. you're coming <laughs> yeah. back tonight, right? 
Yeah, that's I mean, it's harder to judge those things with family because they have like their own internal dynamics that uh, yeah that are that are harder for us to like uh, yeah us to judge as we would than just like friend dynamics, which are all right. more or less the same thing everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like, you know, I always like a, a, a great appearance from like a random professional who shows up at a scene. Uh, so I wanted to do a shout out to the gynecologist who was really funny. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> a, a great delivery on looking at the ultraside and being like, oh, have you been trying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying for what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> she clearly makes that joke all the time, but she does it really yeah. well. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, that's a mean. That's a mean joke, though. What if it is? It is. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty. It's a pretty harsh one. I'm glad yeah. she's not like a a cancer doctor or something. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> she, she could really hurt some people. Uh, she also did a bit of a line at the end where Sheree Sh- Sh- says something like, "Don't you have anything stronger?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'll get my stash." Yeah, my stash. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I love a funny gynecologist. So a great little little walk on cameo there. <laughs> Um, I, I did, um, I, I just as like a production thing, I, I thought it was funny when you had Kenya explain why Candy wasn't there and they had like a very blatant, like bit of audio that was stitched in where she's like, Candy had a, had, Candy had a prior commitment to the Ebony Power 100. Yeah, yeah. Top one. <laughs> and they put it on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if like she said it wrong or she didn't know where where Candy was or something, but they they yeah. just very awkwardly stitched that in in the end. That was yeah. really funny. <laughs> it reminded me of that episode of The Simpsons where they go to the Super Bowl, and of course they made the episode before they knew who oh, was right. playing. They'd be like, yeah. "Yeah, I'm going to be cheering for the Philadelphia Eagles or something." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that like? Coach Niles, who coached the dancing, did, do you think he, he knew that his shirt was misspelled? Was that like yes, a, the your yes, yeah? The your. I guess the benefit of the doubt would be that that's like some sort of in joke or something, maybe some reference I, to to something. But yeah, what oh, did his shirt I, I didn't say? notice that at all. What did it he, he say? Had, he, he was wearing. What like were a, you watching, Craig? Sh- <laughs> 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 Pay attention. <laughs> Notes. Have you heard of it? No. <laughs> Uh, he, he had a shirt that uh, that was like a branded shirt for his dad's studio that said, "I guess you're not flexible," uh, but but your was spelled like Y O U R. So <laughs> I, I don't know if he I, just like printed them out wrong or if that was like some sort of weird reference. I don't know. <laughs> I'm wondering. I mean, I like to think it's kind of in because like that whole your your thing's been out. You know, you can't. That's been out for so long now. Or past couple years, seems like it's a huge thing. I think it's got to be ironic. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, I probably yeah, someone, and, and, unless unless that was the first you know you know the first time he's on camera. Oh, you got to shirts got a printed shirt really quick, right? And you know it's a, a rush job, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like a hot off, hot off the shirt, you know, the printing press, right? Uh, rush job. Yeah, or maybe Bush York York is, is just like such a nice guy that like nobody has the heart to tell him that he misprinted a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's dial. Funny, let's let's call him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a bar where I grew up. Right yeah. <laughs> there's a bar I grew up that like, like you're not flexible. It brought me back to there was this bar in you know where I grew up, and these guys it's called the warehouse. It's just a literal warehouse in uh, Regina. Like no no decor. It says all right, you guys want to booze? Pay ten bucks to drink in this barn. And then it was like their shirts were, if you're not wasted, the day is. Uh, and the your was spelled wrong, not not ironically, right? So yeah, cool shirts, fellas. You know, yeah. 
But uh, I, thought, I, I like Coach Nile though. He was just uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he did a lot of coaching. I mean, it was a couple moves really. It's, yeah. Uh, a little bit of a history like, lesson in there about the the mm-hmm. dance style. That's true. Mm-hmm. Were you guys happy with the result with the, with the competition? <laughs> oh, so this. Um, I was disappointed that this decided a room, which is usually a source of like drama on a trip. Uh, I mm-hmm. felt like this was a bit of a, a cop out. We didn't really get the um, the fight that we normally see. But then as soon as we got to the hotel, you realize it's just like it's just a Birmingham hotel. So I understand why like no one was going to be clamoring over each other for these right. rooms anyways. So. Um, I did think ultimately this was a good way to to handle it. Yeah, there was only one nice room it seemed, and that was Kenya's. The other one seemed pretty small. I didn't like Marla. I don't know why they take a shot at the small bottles of champagne. I thought it was a nice. I thought that was nice. Yeah, yeah. Little, I'm like, man, what else? Small bottles much. cost like a hundred dollars anyways. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it was like gift bag. It was like. You just you were just making fun of Birmingham. You know, you expect a gift bag like I thought this is yeah. Birmingham appropriate. You know, was, I thought it was apropos for for yeah, this, this trip. Yeah, I gotta uh, say, Marlo really uh, rubbed me the wrong way near the end, and not just because she was being like really aggressive and trying to start fights. Like uh, that was kind of annoying too. But just as like like I work in hospitality, and seeing Marlo walk into two separate places and immediately be like, "Got to get a manager now." I'm like, this is what she is one of those people who everywhere she goes. It needs to talk to a manager yeah. <laughs> and, and, and uh that's uh that's just really really irritating and i i secretly feel like that's why they got kicked out of that party was because marlo was like all right i gotta get a manager here we gotta get some champagne and glasses yeah. and yeah. they're like this is a charity function yeah, this is a fundraiser like, this is a fundraiser for <laughs> like yeah. yeah so when they got kicked out i was kind of like yeah you had that fucking coming <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> That is pretty funny. I mean, they were. It is pretty funny getting kicked out. You know, like of uh, of a charity. It's event. funny because they were like mocking everybody there. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's people with jeans. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck are these people doing? And then they're yeah. like, "We need you to leave." Yeah. And I was kind of like, "Yeah, we fucking do." <laughs> yeah. But do you think Kenya was he just like oblivious to like, what this event was? Oh, this black, you know, this you know this Met Gala event, or do you think you know she knew what it was? And she just kind of undersold it to to the other housewives i think she was just trying to hype it up too much i think she was just yeah. trying to, to 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 uh to present the idea of of giving everybody a luxurious experience she got just got too caught up in the hype oversold right it. especially with the halftime show at first i thought it was a bigger game and she's like there's gonna be like fifteen thousand people there i'm like okay it's not you know maybe it'll only be fifteen thousand. but it's not one of the i thought you know i thought oh alabama but it's obviously it's not gonna be you know university of alabama right it's the birmingham yeah. so maybe it's a smaller yeah, smaller scale. So I guess that once I heard the fifteen thousand, I figured, okay, this like in like Birmingham. I don't know if this is going to be, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> like she you sold know, it as fifteen thousand people. There's going to be like seventy two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I like Kenya. She's my favorite, though. I like I like Kenya. I just no, like, I like I mean, her. She's the, the, she, yeah, she's fun. yeah. Uh, just oblivious. That's what I kind of like. Just water up and like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I guess I lied. Anyway, like I'm just doing my own thing. Yeah, it's great. Until the end, I, though. I really appreciated Kenya's move of going back to the hotel and then just like dipping out early. That's that's yeah, definitely yeah. something that I have pulled on a few occasions. Just like dipping out early on my my own event. 
Yeah. Does she go you back know, to Atlanta? Like, sorry? She, did she go back to Atlanta? No, no, no. She went back to her Oh, she went to the hotel. Yeah, because I saw the hotel. Yeah, yeah she was with her daughter. Yeah. But she had her yeah. daughter there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I was on her side when she's like, get the yeah. fuck away from my door. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah I was, you go in your yeah, room yeah. and lock your door. Just like fucking, yeah. who cares if you're upset? Just stop fucking kicking the door. And Marlo's like, this is my invitation to just dial it up a notch because Marlo's just yeah. looking to fight. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> she's really looking to fight. So when Kenny gets mad at her, she's like, all right, here we go. I'm going to like fucking barge this door down like I'm a SWAT team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think this trend, is a bit of like a strategic yeah. misplay from marlo too because i feel like she is trying to actually wage a proxy war against candy that's where there's like a real beef we saw her lash out at drew last episode now she's like taking out this energy on kenya but all she's doing is really just giving everyone else ammunition against her mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I don't think she's being as effective as she wants to be, but it still is fun to watch. Yeah, I like pettiness. Pettiness can be fun. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean it's so My important fun. for these shows, right? Yeah, exactly. You need that. They have to drum up something. They would have no fuel like, if people weren't petty. Yeah. But it's funny. Actually, one of my favorite parts was uh, I think was Kenya calling Moneta her emotional support companion. Oh, you mean friend? <laughs> you mean friend? You, you mean friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, what was so wrong with what Moneta was wearing that she was like, no, you have to go change and then meet us there later? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Like, yeah. Expecting she, her to be in a gown or something? <laughs> yeah. And then Moneta's like, and then you guys couldn't wait? Like, yeah. it's how long, like, they arrive at they, the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moneta's already there. He's like, hey, guys. Like, yeah. Like, somebody's like, oh, I was expecting the Met Gala. Well, you know who was dressed most Met Gala-ish was Moneta in yeah. her original <laughs> fucking Mylar out, outfit yeah. thing. Like, man, you guys were angry at her, but if if you ever got caught in a wildfire there, you'd be really glad that she was the one there to, to throw a mylar <laughs> blanket over you. But between the between the camera crew and like the housewives, like they were taking they were taking up half the like half the event. Yeah, like, there was that's no, the thing. It was clearly really no, like a, a very busy event too. So they must have yeah. spent the whole time be like, okay, make room, make room. Yeah. We got to get the, the cameras <laughs> and the mics yeah. in here. Like, of course, the people hosting the event were like, ah, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's the champagne? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's like a toonie bar. Yeah, sorry. I don't. We don't. You know, it's a fundraiser. Yeah, I don't. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a, it's weird how, yeah, how Kenny is like, oh, you can't wear booty shorts because it's a charity event. Oh, but you can barge in with a bunch of cameras and like, yeah. demand champagne. Like <laughs> that's fine, but like, oh no, your shorts are too short. You can't do that at a charity event. Yeah. <laughs> Strange logic yeah. to me. <laughs> I think all of our American listeners are googling Toonie Bar right now, probably to figure oh, yeah, out what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> 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 did you guys have any other thoughts on real housewives of atlanta i i would quickly like to talk about uh about marlo a little bit more before we go because yeah. she was like she was doing a whole lot of stuff this episode uh, in terms of the stuff with candy it's like i mean we'll see i guess because we didn't have candy in this episode uh, at all right yeah uh, i do think that it's like uh it's totally fair for her to uh based on the evidence we've seen to like accuse candy of not showing enough like sympathy and support oh yeah for sure for her, her nephew's death absolutely it is not fair to like imply that the culture at her restaurant is to blame like that's that's uh yeah uh, that's taking it to a place that i think is like just not appropriate but but feeling like totally upset with candy and the way that she handled it is 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 totally fair and you know what i don't think it's it's ridiculous that she wants to have a gun when she's in like a 
uh, you know, people that, sh- that are close to her have to have died in violence mm-hmm. that she's like feels unsafe in her house because she's had a break in. Uh, I get that, like the the usual like pro gun control argument is just have less guns, but you know, in like obviously she's in a, a, a in potentially dangerous situation. Sometimes the members of her family are, and I think it's fair that she wants to like be able to to defend herself. Um, so I, I do have some like uh, sympathy for Marlo for those stuff, but I just, I, but towards the end of the episode, she was just dialing shit up so far and just like so ready to, to, to start fights that I was just like, oh my god, shut up, Marlo. So uh, <laughs> I guess that that's basically all I have to say about her <laughs> at this time, and we'll see how it goes with her and Candy later on, I guess. Yeah, and Marlo didn't outright say that it was the culture at Candy's restaurant. I think that it was, was actually really Courtney, Courtney who, that said who that. dialed it up to that point. Yeah. Marlo kind of implied like what's going on in that restaurant. And Courtney mm-hmm. was like, Oh, maybe the culture's off or something like that. And Oh, since we brought up Courtney, I do like that. Kenya was, was finally like, Oh, so, so, so y'all are cousins, right? Yeah. Like what, um, <laughs> like first cousin, second cousin. Oh yeah. yeah funny. Like, oh yeah. I don't know. And, and, and Kenya correctly was saying what I think a lot of us were thinking watching the show. Like, you know, if you're going to, claiming kin you better have your story straight yeah yeah <laughs> but also kenya was yeah but she was you know when she was accusing it was a marlo of being aggressive i think the candy is like you were yelling over her it's like no marlo's like i was sitting down and they clip they show back to the you know mm-hmm. at the cameras yeah marlo was sitting down not being aggressive but i like how kenya kenya's just like oh whatever i said what i said i, I kind of like how she believes her own reality I Though felt I like that was actually a misleading edit there. Because, Me too. Oh, was it? Oh, gotcha. Okay. Because we do actually like that scene ends with her shouting in in uh, shouting in her right. face. Yeah, uh, right. she shouts in Drew's okay. face right before she stores off. It's like she okay. is sitting in that shot they show. Yeah, uh, but right. before she leaves, she she like leans right into the Drew's face and shouts at okay. her. Okay, you go. Okay, I thank. Yeah. Right. I'll have to re. Oh, that's thank record. You guys are. <laughs> you have to go back and watch the blue. Yeah, you have to watch the, the episode, the, like episode two. I think is when that happened. Or no, it was the last one. Yeah, yeah it was episode three. three I think. Okay, I say. Well, well then, Kenya in my bad books. Okay, my bad. <laughs> uh, the other thing that we didn't talk about is this discussion surrounding eating ass. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the booty <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, it got very philosophical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is uh, uh, <clears throat> this was interesting to me, or maybe not interesting. I just found it like <laughs> as an ass eating a fish. I did like that. Can or that Kenya was like, oh, why? Like, why are you bringing this up? This was like just between us. I thought that this was an interesting kind of shift in the. Um, the dynamic, it kind of was setting up this uh, conflict between Marlo and Kenya, or at least um, it was the first time that we saw them kind of at odds with each other on this trip. Uh, and I thought it was really funny that it was a conversation about eating ass that, that kind of set, <laughs> set this tone. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah, it was a weird, to- that, that, was, that was a weird, that was just a weird, all of a sudden, this, uh, eating ass, like, oh geez, came out of Came out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion. This was probably up until the Vanderpump reunion. It was the talk of the Twitter and Instagram. Everyone was hyped about this. Tensions were running so high. I want to get your perspective, Ben. Not having seen this season, who do you think came out on top on this reunion? Oh, uh, Teresa, hands down. Oh, interesting. Uh, hands down. 
Uh, read the beans because uh, I have my notes here. Uh, one because you know just whatever you said to her, she just she she like she would always just she would win every argument, whether she was right or wrong. It was I don't want to say you know I don't, I don't want to mean this as a compliment because it's it's really not, but it was almost Trumpian, right? The way <laughs> you know, like she command, like she's sitting, you know, she gets the prime, she got the prime spot, right? Yeah. She, she got the prime spot uh, next to Andy, you know. Then, yeah, you know, she's already got some cachet. Her ex husband phoning in from jail. I thought he had a couple. I thought that uh, was Joe. I thought he had well, a he couple was, good. Uh, calling in from the. Uh, from the from Italy. Bermuda, I think, yeah. Or I thought he had a good uh, a good line. Then you had Melissa beefing with Teresa. You know, she had her ex calling in. So it was all about Teresa. I just found that whenever they try to, you know, you try to zing her, Teresa's like, oh, you believe it? You know, it's just kind of whatever. And then. She 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 would kind of just like I said just win every argument whether she was right or wrong she believed that she had won so to me I thought she came I would say she looked the best but I thought she came out on on top How that's about you guys? Uh, that's interesting because so I've watched this episode twice uh, the first time after I watched it I was like oh Melissa came out on top of of that like she, doing a blow by blow I thought you know she was on the offense and really. Uh, landing more blows and so then when I watched it again I was like ready to get my Teresa Judice tattoo covered up and you know <laughs> get my passport to Melissa Nation and then I watched it the second time and I'm like oh no you know what Teresa actually seems like she's doing better now so I feel like this reunion is like a bit of an optical illusion and whichever side that you take you can kind of read a different view on it uh, Dylan. I like that. Yeah, I was gonna say I like that. How uh, Teresa like tries to game Andy right from the start, just sitting down and be like, "Oh, <laughs> Joe happens to be on the phone. How about that?" And then is like, "Like, oh, Andy, feel my heart," and just <laughs> like, like, just like immediately tries to get like Andy like to focus all his attention on her and like, like uh, be sympathetic to her. I just thought it was just like really funny, like gamesmanship to be like, by the way. Andy, me and you are like really tight, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. remember that, huh? Some skin yeah. to skin, like bonding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we're we're going to just like, like, uh, just, just hack the, the dopamine in your brain by just having some like, like contact and be like, you, you're my friend, right? You know, you, we've always been friends, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> and I do also like when, uh, Andy's saying something like, oh, you know, like my kids are saying they want another dad or something. And, and Teresa's like, ah. Let me give you a number. Yeah, I'm like you're, you're you're trying to set him up, and, she, and he, she's like, "This is my psychic. Yeah. He only costs a hundred dollars." Yeah, I um, thought Andy did a great job at handling this reunion, and a mark of that is that both sides of this Teresa Melissa divide in the fandom are crying foul on on him. Thinking that oh really that's a, hilarious a bad job of of handling I thought I, I agree I thought he was he did the best he was what he's working he did the best he could I mean it's gonna be yeah what is he what else is supposed to do he kept it moving enough I thought right and, yeah and I don't think that he like took one side over the other no 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 all. yeah just wrapping it up about Teresa I, I do think that 
um if i was going to declare a winner i actually would say melissa even though i'm like as we've well established on the show that i think we've, we've got a couple of tree stumps over here especially craig <laughs> uh that uh that i'm more sympathetic to Teresa. i kind of like her more but i do think that like uh melissa seemed to have a more coherent story that she was telling and Teresa seemed to be on more more unsure footing and i thought that actually uh viewed in a vacuum i I personally thought that Melissa came off better. Like she was more confident in her version of events, but yeah. this is just round one. Yeah. I, right. Yeah. One of the, one of three. Yes. One of one, one of three. Yeah. I saw. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Teresa, just to clarify my position, I feel like Teresa is more likable, just like, She's got a more likable personality than Melissa does. But I am definitely, I posted on Instagram, I am Team Chaos. So I think they are both fantastic housewives. I think New Jersey would lose a ton if they lost either of them. So I really hope that they are able to overcome things enough so that they can both continue on the show. Um, And, you know, continue building this toxic fan base. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if I were to choose who you know who I were to have a beer with, even though I don't drink, uh, two and a half years sober, no big deal. Stronger than both you guys. Uh, so <laughs> check out Lala over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a weaker. No, but if I were to if I were to have a drink with someone, it would be I would who who would I want to drink with out of there? It'd be Teresa. You know what I mean? I don't want to. I don't want to go. I think I think Teresa would, or 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 Margo Marge. I think you know, one of those two. I think it would just be you know, entertaining, but with Melissa, actually the fun, as you say, the fun, you know, just for like my notes here, uh, one time, like, you know, Teresa said something and like, Oh, or somebody else said something. Melissa, like, Oh, whatever. Like looks at her watch, but she doesn't have a watch on. So she quickly like just put her wrist down. She's like, you know, trying to make a point. Oh, never mind. And then, uh, I think it was Danielle's grandma. She meant Danielle had mentioned, Oh, my grandma just died. And it was all, all of them in units. They were just like, Oh, so sorry. Yeah, you know, it was almost like a, <laughs> yeah, it was like a, yeah, it was like the most fake, you know, insincere. Like, oh, we have to, t-. but yeah, it just didn't, it just didn't ring uh, true at all. Like it was, uh, but yeah, I, I like Danielle too, to be honest. I thought she was like, you know, the most authentic. She's a, she's a, like a, I don't, you know, a raunchy Jersey girl. And she's kind of proud of it, you know. It's kind yeah. of, uh, yeah, I, I kind of dug her, uh, her vibe. Yeah, but again, Melissa Teresa were obviously the. The Hulk Hogan, you know, uh, Macho Man, you know, kind of uh, yeah. <laughs> the, two, the two stars. Who's who in that you situation? <laughs> oh, good call, good call. I don't oh, know man, enough about wrestling to to yeah. like read into that anyway. So the mega powers, yeah, no, no, no. I was just thinking of the mega powers. They're, they're the two heavyweights, right? Like yeah. they were the two. Yeah, I like how it was. Why was it filmed in Ireland? It felt like I was watching a bachelor, like a bachelor reu- you know, reunion. It's like. Why you guys, it was just weird. You guys, it was castle in Ireland, you know, for this reunion. I guess free trip. Like, I don't know. So it, it was definitely like in New Jersey or in L.A. It was just like <laughs> deemed Irish, like oh, an Irish castle. Because okay. that's where they had their cast trip. Yeah, they did do a trip to an actual castle in Ireland. And they were like calling back to it by decorating the set as if it was a castle in Ireland. Yeah. And I I don't know how actual a castle this is. I was trying to look up on it and it seems like it was you know i mean it's 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 a castle but i couldn't find any history on on it other than you being able to like rent it out Mm. 
Think it's one of yeah, those okay. fake castles. Yeah, I thought, oh, why, why were they flown to Ireland? Yeah. Why would Joe phone in? I asked you guys, why would he, why would he, like, why would he phone in? I mean, that was planned, obviously, I'm, or I'm guessing. Yeah, that had to have been planned. I thought that this was a... Hey, Joe, what are you doing? You're like, hey, hey Andy, what's up? Oh, it's a reunion. Oh, really? Huh. I think it was a <laughs> good way that? to kind of diffuse the, the tension going in because, yeah. you know, you don't want uh, the cast and as well as the fans to kind of, you know, lose the steam right out of the gates. You don't want that release to come immediately you want to build that up over the course of the two or three episodes whatever this reunion is. oh gotcha so i feel like it's also kind of me just like kind of maybe overthinking like Teresa's strategy because i feel like i underestimated her for a lot of the season so now maybe i'm overestimating her strategically after like the finale but i i feel i saw it as her um kind of reminding andy about like earlier versions of the show uh, and like oh. to kind of like make him think about like the long history they have together. Right. Yeah. 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 Like and how much she's brought herself. to the show? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I like Joe. He had a good. He had a great joke. If he's right away, because he's like, oh, it's, it was, it's my favorite show. And then, and then I think it was other trees or any. Oh, did you watch it in prison? Well, the guys I was with didn't, uh, didn't really watch his, like the stuff <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, cellmates. That, that was a good. That was, that was a good. Uh, yeah, it was, good, like, it, tone, it was a good tone setter, right? So, like you said for the show, it was yeah. used, like the thing it was a good tone setter. <laughs> yeah, didn't he say something like, "Yeah, there was a guy. There, there was a group of guys in prison who watched it, but yeah. I didn't hang out with that group." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah, yeah, and then so Teresa got remarried, and Melissa didn't go to the wedding, right? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, Melissa and Joe did not yeah. go to the the wedding. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess they were they were busy, and then they were like posting on Instagram, like, "Who needs a wedding?" So that looked petty to me. Yeah, no, and it was I, a choice. They decided not to go to the wedding. Yeah. It was a um, they kind they, of the culmination of a season long feud, really. Yeah, yeah. or and decades then, long. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Teresa, I, I, I don't like maybe yeah. So I'm, again, I'm new to this. Like Teresa. Uh, so she has two kids, and they have, now they're giving Melissa the cold shoulder. And yeah, I think Teresa was like, "No, I never said, I never, I never said that. I never, you know." She's like trying to play, yeah, like, yeah, like her kids are just doing it on purpose. You know, her kids are just doing it on their own volition. I thought that was, uh, I like Teresa, man. I like her. I like her moves. There's a reason why she's been. There's a reason why she's like the OG, isn't she? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. She's, and she's, she's been in. A, she's been in jail. Her husband's in jail. Ex-husband's in jail. Anything? What are you? What are you gonna yeah, do, Melissa? Well, he got. Right, what are you gonna do? Oh, oh snap! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like I said, Teresa and Melissa are both great housewives, and um, yeah. this this reunion really gave me a new uh, appreciation for what Melissa brings. I think she has to work a lot harder than Teresa does. Teresa is like effortless, effortless mm-hmm. in how she navigates things, and. You know, I think in this reunion episode, that approach did not wasn't as fruitful as it is during the regular season. I think that's why, you know, Melissa, who is more calculated and prepared and like works at at things. um, I think that that's why she came across a lot better in this reunion than Teresa did. Um, But yeah, they're both both fantastic. Um, don't at me or do that might be good for our engagement on our Instagram. <laughs> yeah, at him, not me though. <laughs> That's I like I like that point. Like yeah, like Teresa is just uh, yeah like, effortless. Like it's just 
she's made, you know, I don't know if she's drinking for so long, but it's just second nature. I don't know. Everything you said to her, she gives the flag as well, you know, just like oh, whatever. And, you know, it's a skill, like it just didn't bother her, right? Or yeah. outwardly or visually, you know, visibly uh, bother her. Dolores Dolores' story. She seems fun. I like Dolores. She seems like she's kind of like the the voice of reason, you know, like yeah, she when, she, when she spoke, she kind of, yeah, she serves like, oh, a respected, a respected voice. She does serve as a bit of like a viewer's proxy on the show, oh, okay. but she she does mix it up a lot more than you see other housewives that kind of fill that that role. Um, uh, she was she had a big conflict with Jen at the beginning of this season, and they were able to get over that. I saw I I liked this story of Dolores the Peacemaker. I think that that's really. Um, suits her quite well her personality so seeing her be able to get past this issue with jen and then uh patch things up between rachel and danielle i thought that was really nice because i do want to see rachel and danielle uh, i want to see that relationship develop whether it's being on the same team as a new kind of side in this this conflict um, so that there are kind of three parties that are warring as opposed to, you know, Teresa versus Melissa and, and Marge. Um, I think that that would be an interesting dynamic or if they're able to, you know, uh, not get past it and and clash. I just, I want to see this evolve. So it was, it was interesting to see them get past this conflict, which as Andy pointed out was pretty stupid like this this fight yeah. over like being called a, a rat was was yeah. pretty pretty stupid yeah uh, jennifer i don't like jen yeah she didn't get a lot of uh you know i didn't find her interesting at all really this is you know maybe i had to see the episode but she didn't really have a lot to offer and then when she did she kind of got shot down but i didn't like her right away this she's like Oh, I have a neck injury, so I can't be, you know, we just feel like some boring thing. Like, it's on my neck, so yeah. you won't be seeing me turning this way much. And I'm like, oh, like, cool. <laughs> yeah, we didn't like, see a lot of her, but she had a great season, I thought. I bet, yeah. She seemed like she's always, she was in the middle. She wasn't on the, she wasn't on the end. So she, you know, I thought she'd have, uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll hear from her more in the, the other reasons, right, but right. she just like, yeah, she wasn't really in the discussions that they were having this time around. No, well, she had the she had the next thing, right? Yeah, so yeah. She saving her for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone does. I'm like, yeah, I just like, oh, sorry, I, I can't talk a lot today. I have a sore throat. I was like, yeah, I don't even. Like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, noted. You know, uh, I like. Uh, I don't. Know, what do you guys think about? Um, uh, Okay, Bo like like Bo Deedle knows everything, so that's the private investigator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is he going to be on the future reunion? Is he going to be on the? I wish. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. I think he's has like spoken out on Instagram though. Okay, is that Marge's hire? No, that's Louis's hire. Teresa's husband. Okay. Apparently, bring so allegedly. Here, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I like to me. I don't really think is, 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 like Marge for me is like. She just seemed like an outlier on the show. Everyone had kind of had a certain look. And then Marge is just, you know, just a Karen, like right in the middle. Yeah. You know, and, uh, <laughs> I wish I had a more up-to-date term than Karen, but yeah. that's about Yeah, it. Marge has, I think, struggled with an aesthetic. She, uh, okay. 
I mean, her she has house, some really good dresses, but then sometimes it's like yeah. it doesn't work. But but sometimes she has like really good like mid century modern like classic dresses. Yeah, she lives in like a magic eye. If you look at her house, <laughs> <laughs> across your eyes, that's what you I'm, can see different things. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's what they got. I like. Okay, Mark, I like it. Or yeah, Mark, yeah. Or yeah, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. And she came. She when she came on the show, her trademark was pigtails. Like she had pigtails and that was kind uh, of okay. trademark aesthetic it was it was a choice um but yeah i th- i think she's she's in the slow process of a uh um what do they call it a, a glam up or whatever glow up, uh, glow glow up. up. thank yeah. you <laughs> wow that was a that was a teresa moment for for me not <laughs> being able to put together the turn of phrase uh ben did you have any other highlights from this yeah, just to go back to the the Rachel and Danielle, uh, you know, I like, you know, but it's just what, it's so funny thinking like grown adults, like truth, truth. You know what I mean? You can't just be like, oh, yeah, we're all good. I forgive you. Like, you actually have to have like a formal, say the formal. Spit shake, truth. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the formal, the formal words, truth. I'm like, okay, it's pirate time. Well, I'll just, you know, yeah, we're going to say, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're good, you know. But yeah, truth was funny to me. The other highlight was, uh, Andy throwing in a slide, hey, I mean, or, or Joe, I think it was, uh, Joe's like, oh, I got, a, uh, oh, I got a few girlfriends or something like that. You know, like, yeah. oh, your ex-wife is right there. Like, what is that? Uh, that's funny. Um, Andy had a bad joke about Dolores, like suddenly not wearing socks. Nobody laughed. Uh, <laughs> so they quickly moved on. I thought that was pretty funny. You know, Joe quickly moved on. Um, and then I had, yeah, Margo, were, were those real tears at the wedding? Were those... Crocodile te- or those real tears that that read as authentic to me. I, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought that. Yeah, as yeah, a true. Yeah, I just thought. Yeah, well, like, anyway, no, Margo. It seemed like she was kind of like everyone else had a certain vibe and aesthetic, and, and Margo just felt like she was plant. You know, to me, it's just like a, like a plant, right? Like she seems like she seemed like a real housewife of like you know Delaware, right? It doesn't seem like or you know or North Dakota, <laughs> like or North Dakota, like where does this where does she come? She doesn't have the same vibe as everybody yeah. else. It's just like the name Marge, and I think one of the there's a flashback. It was a great Gatsby party, I think. I don't know, and she's like the costume. Like, oh, that's a total, you know, like, it could be a great Gatsby party. This is just Marge's, uh, you know, outfit, you know, before a glow up. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think that's yeah, so I have for notes. Oh, Melissa, new great house. I like Melissa's new house. I think they're oh. kind of mocking it. I think I think it looks good. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it looks like ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was, uh, cla- yeah, I thought it was, you know, I thought it looked decent. I think asses then, tend to have a bit more definition than Melissa's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just want the magic eye house. That's, that's, yeah. that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for I like, I like, oh, and Margaret, I have juice on everyone. I like that. Juice. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know, I have, I have dirt. I have dirt. Now it's juice. I'm learning, you know, learning new words. Or is this an old word? I don't know. So, yeah, they're trying I'm to get around. new words from fifty-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, why, why, are why, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? there, glam up? Why are you, who are you to laugh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dylan, what were your highlights from this? 
uh, when Rachel is accusing Danielle of uh, being insecure, and Danielle says, "My balls drag out the door." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was it. That's it. That's the best part. Yeah, <laughs> great Danielle moment. <laughs> I I liked uh, Marge's moment. Uh, Bo Deedle Deedle Dum Deedle D. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny too. Yeah, yeah. We've had two reunions. They've both made uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum references in them. It's Yeah, uh, yeah Lewis Carroll, huge influence on the Lewis Carroll Renaissance <laughs> underway right now. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I just ask you guys one question really quick? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't because the reunion, yeah, like it was, yeah, we kind of, and again, there's like two other parts of the reunion. So it's probably just like the, you know, just back in the future part one, right? It's going to yeah. ramp up, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I swear to God, I have I have newer references in 1985 and you know 1994 and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Survivor One. Uh, <laughs> so these taglines, do they are they written for them or some of these just you know? Because here's here's why I ask because I notice a lot of them are similar, right? Like I you know, plastic makes perfect. I thought was great, uh, yeah. but some of them I find. For example, oh, where is this here? Yeah, I'm no one's accessory. I'm, you know, I'm the whole lifestyle brand. It's always like that. Like, um, someone's like saying, "Oh, you may be like a star, but I'm the galaxy, right?" Yeah. Like, you may, <laughs> you might be a boat, but I'm the whole ocean. You know, like it's, uh, yeah. I think he but just are, called uh, uh, Raquel's tagline when she becomes a real housewife in ten years. Oh yeah, <laughs> in ten years. Let's let's see her next year. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but um, obviously, these taglines. I love. I, I love the taglines. To be honest, I. Oh, yeah, they're uh, yeah, they're great. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, I think it's a, it's a mix. Like some of the housewives will bring their own, but they also um, they get some that are given to them by producers or it's kind of a process, a back and forth process. Yeah, maybe the seventh come in yeah. with a terrible idea and they get a little workshopping from a producer. <laughs> yeah, maybe if it rhymed. You know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much it. Make it rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come back when it, it rhymes. <laughs> throwing notes in their face. Come back when it rhymes. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for chat GPT to start making an appearance oh, in all these. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's it's only a matter of time before we're getting going to get the first AI generated housewife tagline that makes an appearance on Bravo. Maybe we already have and ju- yeah, just don't knows. know. Uh, Dylan, any other highlights? Well, we, we basically covered it, I think, for, for me. Yeah, I think the only other thing that I had noted down here was I thought it was interesting that Louis was trying to date Alexia before Teresa, <laughs> uh, Alexia from Miami, who is a fantastic housewife. Um, it's it's funny to see this like uh, this accusation of being a housewife chaser because um, that's definitely seems like it's a thing. Um, mm. you like know, Martel in uh, in Atlanta. Yeah, he was like just going DM fishing until he got on the show. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like Louis might have been doing something similar. <laughs> yeah, or Harry Dubin yeah. in uh, in New York. It's it definitely seems like a, a a thing, and I'm not surprised to see this accusation let, like pointed at at Louis. Uh, he seems yeah. thirsty, um, and I'm glad that he landed one because we get him on on the screen. Yeah, they are going to bring him out right in the later. Yeah, parts of the reading. Okay. Yeah, that, that's it. gonna be great. Can't wait for that. Yeah. 
that kind of stood out to me too. Like, what's the beef with uh, like somebody's husband didn't want to be on camera? Some business dealings it was on like they, they, it was like on camera. Like, so I guess it's that kind of a thing too, where somebody's husbands are on, and some are like, hey, I don't want to be on this. Like, I don't want to be on this goddamn show. It yeah, was, well, in Jersey, all the husbands are a big force. I think the person that didn't want to be on camera was Dina Holly. Manzo's husband. Um, so it wasn't like a current housewife's husband that didn't want to be on on camera. But there's definitely all these accusations that are swirling around Louie and his his business dealings that it sounds like they are going to start diving into in the, the next couple parts of this reunion. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait to watch. I'm in, I'm, I'm in for the, I have to watch a lot too now. Oh yeah, to, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I got a, I really like, cause again, Teresa was a name, you know, you hear of, right. That was like the OG. Yeah. And then, you know, again, I always thought it was Teresa Guidici and, uh, <laughs> Judite. But yeah, I thought she was, yeah, she's a good, uh, She's good, like ten pole or like anchor for uh, for the show or for the reunion. Yeah, there's a reason she's been on so long. For- but Rachel, I don't know, like, Rachel. Yeah, like, it's, it's funny. I mean, maybe she'll still get more time. But it's just funny when they always pan her. She's just like she's just like staring, you know, with her plastic, just like staring yeah. at the camera. She, she didn't have. It's just like and her like and Danielle trying to Rachel crazy. look. Like, she looks <laughs> yeah. like one of those fish that eats clothes. <laughs> <She's laughs> staring at everybody. She has one of those like a who like a, like she has like a who knows. You know, like, I don't yeah. mean that like in a negative. I don't mean that in a negative way. You know, it's I mean a, they have brought up her bad nose job on the show before, so it's oh, not a fair game. Yeah. Okay, we can see her nose job. The black and plastic surgery. Cause I haven't watched in a while. Like, yeah, you can tell they have plastic surgery. I didn't think it, it all looked good to me. Like it all, you know, plastic makes perfect. Like, oh, yeah. agreed. Yeah, it yeah. was. Most yeah. of the Jersey cast has has had like, I would say, good work. <laughs> what, what yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, like, they, really good work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed with the plastic surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The podcast is sponsored by Bill Aiden Plastic Surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Any final thoughts? It's about does it for me. I mean, I could keep talking about Danielle and her dress, but I'm trying so hard not to be horny on the show, Craig. So you you should (laughs) congratulate me for not being a creep. (laughs) No, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys being such uh, open books uh, on this podcast. And I'm the whole library. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You may be be an open book. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure, honestly, I'm sure that's one of them. I'm sure that's one of them in there. I'm sure. A book library thing. They're not hard. They're not hard to do. <laughs> like it's, uh, You're going to yeah, start they're, they're, like DMing all these housewives your ideas for taglines and see how many you can get on there. I know. I'm going to get fired from my job because all I'm going to do is like waste spending time writing writing taglines. <laughs> I'm going to start doing I'm going to start doing merchandise for comedy with uh, yeah just with uh, with with taglines. Oh man! <laughs> I wish you guys never got me. To, I wish you guys never got me to, to do that. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a rabbit hole because there's some really good ones. That was fun. It was really fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Ben. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Ooh, you can find me on Jersey now. Yeah, appraising these houses. No, I will. Yeah, so I'm in. I'm in Ottawa. Got some shows coming up uh, last night. Uh, Sounds great. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was free at 7 p.m. So, yeah, sure. It was well attended. Um, 
No, I got, uh, I guess in August, uh, I'll be at Absolute Comedy Club from August 1st to the 13th. Um, that's in Toronto. Yeah, just shows around uh, Ottawa locally, Absolute, uh, um, Yuck Yucks. Uh, yeah, just kind of around town. Awesome. Find How about me, online? Uh, uh, thanks for cutting me off there. I appreciate it. No, yeah. I'm glad. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. no, that was smart. Uh, you may cut me off, but I'm the whole scissor. All right. So we got, so like any, really like any just going to be thinking about tag legs forever now. No, and then online, uh, my Instagram is OBC comedy. And then I have a website with an update, uh, benwalkercomedy.com. I do find it funny. It was like, what's your website? WWW. Like, we don't have to say the W's anymore. HTTP colon slash. Yeah. 2023. We can just say the name. We, I, I, get, I get how to do the rest. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, OBC Comedy. And, uh, yeah, so I promote shows on there. I'm not a serial. I'm not a, I'm not a spammer. Once every couple of weeks, I'll post about a show that I did already. <laughs> you can find me that way. No, but thanks for having me on the show. This is this is really fun. It kind of got me out to yeah see something and uh, yeah that I haven't uh, really seen before. So yeah, so I appreciate that. Awesome it was awesome. And I even wore I even wore you know didn't have jersey, but I was trying to I was trying to get close enough. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, trying to be as close enough. Yeah, Team Teresa. Uh, All right. <laughs> uh, Dylan, where can people find you? Uh, Dylan Ferguson on Stub- Substack. Awesome. That's been Bravo Outsider for this week. Be sure to check out our Vanderpump Rules Reunion Part 2 recap, Mm -hmm. which we posted yesterday. It was a blast. We'll be back next week for Part 3 plus a regular episode. You can find us online at bravooutsider.com on Instagram at bravooutsider on Twitter at bravo underscore outsider. You can listen wherever you find podcasts or on YouTube. Uh, Until next week, keep on wifing. Bye.